It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This edition of How to Be a CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. Before the year 2006, direct-to-consumer genetics testing wasn't something that many of us would have ever even thought of, never mind used. Cut to today, however, millions of people worldwide have taken at-home tests and the industry is now worth billions. And there was one company in particular that was at the forefront of this new idea, 23andMe. I, I, I was investing in healthcare companies and I was working uh, in the investment business for about 10 years. And I became increasingly more and more unhappy and frustrated with the world I was investing in. And mostly because I felt like the healthcare world and the biotech world as it was, wasn't really investing in me being healthier. From the Evening Standard, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is How to Be a CEO with Anne Wojcicki, co-founder and CEO of 23andMe. And so I became increasingly more frustrated, and I wanted to do something where I felt like you could really, um, you know, change, change that course, like do something again that was going to have a long-term, you know, benefit for individuals. To put it mildly, Anne is a big deal, pioneering in her field, a well-earned spot on the Forbes Power Women list, and according to reports, a billionaire on paper at least. 23andMe was the first company to begin offering autosomal DNA testing for Ancestry, which many companies now use globally. Their tests also provide personalized health insights for individuals. Anne co-founded the company 16 years ago with Linda Avey and Paul Casenza. All three were united in the aim of using genetic information for good and for giving people direct access to their medical data. I, I was at a conference, um, the TED conference, and I had two two colleagues that I had known from the, the research space and ran to them and talked about um, the idea of how you could really leverage genetic information to, uh, you know, to make a difference. And they were focused on actually, you know, enabling individuals to um, you know, potentially learn about their ancestry. And we had sort of this moment of everyone coming together and kind of realizing we could create a crowdsourced platform where people are going to learn about their genome and, um, and then also be able to opt in and contribute to research. And so if there wasn't a specific aha moment, it was probably right then where we realized like we could all team up and, um, and create something. And I think one thing I always think about for entrepreneurs is that finding partners and finding other co-founders in those early days is for me, at least it was really key um, because there's so much um, there's so much to do in those early days. It's almost overwhelming about what you yourself can handle. And so having two co-founders 
was really um, incredibly helpful for, for getting the ideas off the ground. But I think there was sort of the slow roll of, you know, being really frustrated with the entire industry. And then when I met people who, um, you know, frankly brought other skill sets and had, you know, overlapping ideas, but in different ways, um, there was sort of an explosion of like, wow, we could actually really do this. And um, we're all going to bring something unique and valuable to the table and we'll be able to get this off the ground. You're known for investing in lots of startups. Does that come from a desire to help fellow entrepreneurs or a want to be involved in something else cutting edge right from the start? I want to be able to leverage, um, you know, again, my, the, the fact that I have, I, have, I have the capital to take on a higher level of risk. And I have also, I'm more known. So I have the ability to use my name to support individuals. And I want to use both of those to support individuals who might not otherwise, um, you know, have access to capital or have access to connections. And so whether I'm supporting, um, you know, minority invest, minority CEOs or women CEOs or ideas that are higher risk, um, that's where I want to put more of my capital and my energy. So it's, you know, for me, it's not just about, you know, I love investing as well when there's, there's again, again, this high flying company with a lot of return potential, but I feel like my responsibility um, to, with my investments is really about trying to support the ideas that might otherwise fall through the cracks. And how do you even start when it comes to getting such a revolutionary idea set into motion? It is hard. I think back to those early days, like it's, there, there's, you know, you're, you start with nothing and you have to create. So, um, you know, we had a first office in a, in a apartment, an empty apartment. And, um, you know, there was a lot of that first nine months or so of almost just experimenting, like seeing, does this even work? You know, one of the earliest things for us to figure out is like, you know, does it work? Like, can I actually get a genetic test? Um, can I spit in the tube, extract the DNA? And then do I actually like, are the results meaningful like does it work and i remember the first time where there was sort of five or six of us and sitting on the floor looking at the screen and saw um you know it was a it was a mother and a daughter genome and saw it like wow like it you, like it we can tell like you have the the daughter has half the mom's dna like it was mind blowing like wow this actually really works and that was one of the first moments where i think we realized that um you know this 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 could be a product and that scientifically it is working and you know you have the right kind of quality like we can we can keep building from here so every step of the way you're kind of keep thinking about um you know is this actually going to work many people know tech and especially biotech are still to this day male dominated fields what was it like back at the start of your journey um, you know, I, I get the gender question a lot and I have to say it, it doesn't, um, I mean, it's, I, 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 I worked with men, I worked in, you know, a pretty much male dominated industry and, you know, I had one office where, you know, there was, you know, like 99% men and me. Um, so it was, um, you know, in some ways, like it, it, it was just the norm, like it was nothing, I don't know, it was always the outlier. So it didn't, um, it, it wasn't anything, anything different. So, you know, I've, I've always kind of not focused on the obstacles, but really what was the opportunity. And for me, what it was is like, we, we were able to sort of see this opportunity that you could empower individuals and 
you could take something that was, um, you know, obviously a cutting edge technology and, you know, deep in science, and we're going to popularize this and make this accessible to everybody. So, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, in some ways, like there's always challenges and there's moments every so often there's moments where you're like, wow, like I'm really, (laughs) I'm the outsider or like, you know, being in a male dominated world will, will have, um, you know, will will rear its head. Um, but, but, you know, for the most part, you know, you, you, when, you know, I focus on the opportunities and I focus on, you know, the potential and keep pushing forward. So it's, um, you know, and I've also been really lucky that I've had, other women, including people like my sister, who have been in positions of leadership and 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 help you know push me forward. So I think having you know other women around to encourage is incredibly helpful. And it's one of the things I think about a lot now is that it's my responsibility to give back and to support other women to be in positions of leadership. You mentioned your sister there. Success seems to quite literally be in your blood. Your parents are brilliant academics and your older sisters are at the top of their respective fields too. Janet Wojcicki is an anthropologist and epidemiologist and Susan Wojcicki is the CEO of YouTube. What's it like to have such an impressive family as a sounding board? I, it's great. I can't. <laughs> I, can't I, I can't say enough good things. I mean, look, I, I'm super lucky because I, I live. I live with one sister, and I'm next door to the, or I'm nearby the other. And I have, um, you know, I have a very supportive family and that gives me a lot of very real-time feedback. They love to give me radical, <laughs> radical feedback. Um, so I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. Like mentorship is, is key. You know, you can't, you can't do things without help from support of peers and, you know, family and others. And so I'm very lucky because I happen to have it within my family, but I think about this big picture for me that anyone who's in a position of power has a responsibility to give back to the younger generation. And, um, you know, when I think about, you know, speaking engagements and uh, ability, like times to mentor, like all of that is important to do because it's important to, um, you know, to make sure that you are supportive and helpful to the next generation and, and recognizing that certain things like, you know, there, there are times where it's hard to be in a, in a boys club. And there are times where, you know, it's situations are hard and people are going to, you know, love to watch you try and, you know, watch you fail. Um, and how do you get through that? And I think being supportive to other individuals is, is key. And again, I'm, I'm grateful every day for my sister for all kinds of reasons, but she is a fabulous mentor as well. Instant feedback is something you advocate and have spoken about being key when it comes to running your company, even if it means encouraging your own employees, quite often women, to stand up for themselves and negotiate higher pay when they should. Why was creating an environment like that so important for you? I think it's a, the 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 reality for me is I've worked in a number of different, I've, I've seen the variety of every type of environment. I've seen some great environments and I've seen some less great environments. And it was really key to me to create a kind of company where people could be there for a long time and feel like we supported them for a long time. And at the heart of genetics is diversity. And so I have to have, you know, diverse diversity in gender and diversity in types of people um, in order to make the company successful. So I think from the beginning, um, we have always you know, recognize that importance. And especially I think on, on, on having, you know, women leaders um, has always been sort of key. What's been the greatest lesson you've learned as a CEO? Real-time feedback and being able to, you know, communicate 
very directly and making sure that people are communicating directly with me. Like the reality is when any position of leadership, whether it's me or my whole management team, you need all the right information to be able to make decisions. And so making sure that there's a very transparent culture and that people are giving me real-time feedback and I'm giving them real-time feedback, I think allows for the best types of um, you know, decision-making. So I would say the main ethos for me is like radical transparency with individuals and, and being um, really direct and honest. Let's go to a quick ad break. In the spirit of instant feedback, in the meantime, why not rate, review and subscribe to How To Be A CEO. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you ever had a moment where you've actually sat back and took stock of just what you've achieved? 23andMe is a household name and you're one of the most powerful CEOs in the world. What's that like to process? That's why I don't read my press. Um, I think as soon as you start getting, um, as soon as you start looking at yourself in some ways not as a startup, um, I think you lose some of your momentum. And I think... um, I'm really religious. Like I don't, I don't read my press and I don't listen to myself in some ways just because you want to keep those blinders on. I want to know, I want to know the feedback and I I leverage my communications team to make sure I get that feedback. But I think it's really important for you to always sort of maintain that kind of scrappy, um, you know, Jeff Bezos will always say it's day one. Um, you need to always, you can't rest on your laurels of like, oh, I'm so big and I have this brand. Um, so I think about things that I'm very proud of. Like I'm incredibly proud of my marketing team for actually establishing us as a brand. Um, but I think it's still um, very early days of this industry and the company and certainly never want to just sit back and say like, oh, look at what we've done, but rather um, very much looking forward to saying it's like, look, the majority of people today still don't have access to genetic testing that is part of their care. And there's a huge opportunity to to drive that forward. So most people are not still benefiting from the human genome. And that's really where we are focused. 
Your company is 16 years old now. How do you make sure that you stay relevant and evolve? Well, I think staying, <laughs> staying, staying relevant and evolving is, again, it's, this world moves so fast now. And think back on pre-COVID when, you know, virtual care was not something that people were talking about. And it was sort of, you know, unusual to be getting care and medications and doing things online. And now it's really um, become the norm. So, you know, I, I, uh, I remember my sister bringing home the book, Only the Paranoid Survive, back when Andy Grove wrote that, again, decades ago. And that mindset has always been in the back of my head. You know, you really have to always think about and watch out for who is it, who's, who's up and coming and who's going to take you over. And, you know, for, for those of us old enough to remember Blockbuster and Netflix, like, you know, the, the, the world can change. You know, I've seen, I'm old enough now to have many of the companies that I worked with as a child, they are gone. And so, um, you know, you can never rest on your laurels that you have a brand and that you have size and scale. Like you have to always function on that only the paranoid survive kind of mentality. And you have to always be aware and be nimble about what is happening. And I think one of the hardest things to do as a CEO is when the world is shifting, you know, it's, it's hard for companies to change course. And that's fundamentally our job is to do what is uncomfortable and to then lead people through a time period that is uncomfortable. Um, but, you know, you think back on sort of like blockbuster uh, Netflix kind of world, there was a transition time period where it felt uncomfortable and you have to lead through that. What does the future hold for both yourself and 23andMe? Well, I, I feel like I'm, I'm only 16 years into it. So life is long and there's a lot more to do. And like I mentioned before, 23andMe is about helping people access, understand, and benefit from the human genome. And we have absolutely focused a lot on the access and the understand component of, of um, that mission statement. And you know, when I think about the future, it's really about helping people benefit. And we're going to do that really in two ways. And one is with the therapeutics discovery program that we started back in 2015. Um, you know, we have two programs now in the clinic. And so we are hoping to move even more forward um, as we, you know, keep mining, going through all of the data and looking for genetic variants and seeing how we can actually help our customers in the world. Um, you know, develop new medications so they can really, you know, benefit from the human genome. And second is really, how are you going to use this genetic information to have better care and actually use it to, you know, change aspects of your behavior or your lifestyle so that you can prevent disease and not necessarily just always think about, you know, managing and treating it. So we're really just scratching the beginning, you know, scratching the surface of where we can go with how genetic information is going to be used in, in the whole healthcare arena. And I think it's really exciting for individuals because you'll truly one day be able to have personalized, customized, you know, care for you. Do you think you'll ever be done with your mission or do you just see yourself continuing in this field for as long as possible? I don't, I don't imagine that I would, I'm so I'm hopefully I'm still young, but I don't imagine like, why would you ever retire? I love what I do. Like I absolutely love it. So I, um, I'm always, you know, when, when you find people who are better than you at certain areas, you step aside and you let them run. And so, you know, for instance, on therapeutics, I have a phenomenal, incredibly experienced team. So I love pushing them, but you know, they, they, they run their operations. Like therapeutics is amazing. You know, consumer, I look at my team, like my head of marketing is amazing, like can, can run on all of these areas. So, um, you know, I enjoy what I do. I absolutely love it. I feel like I am a, 
um, very dedicated advocate for the rights of individuals in healthcare. And healthcare is a beast of a problem. And people don't realize that they're, you know, you know, they don't realize all the things like what happens with their data. They don't realize what happens with, um, you know, how to get care, how to move from one physician to another. You know, I am um, fiercely interested. I'm fiercely, you know, advocating for individuals to be more and more in charge of themselves and to pioneer a different kind of world and one that is more about the individuals being able to have, you know, transparency and choice about their kind of care. And I think ultimately you're going to have a world where people can really have, um, you know, a much better kind of healthcare experience. And finally, what's your advice to anyone wanting to be like you and become a CEO? Oh, I think, look, I think there's nothing more fun than starting a company. And I, and I should, again, I never, I never think about being a CEO just because you want to be a CEO. Like I think about what's fun about entrepreneurship is that you're solving a problem. And so if you can see um, a problem that no one else can see and you have a solution for it, like it's super fun to solve a problem. Like it's just, I just, like, again, I, I look around the whole world. I mean, even really, really small, small things. Like, you know, I was trying to figure out how you get soup out of a jar that's frozen the other day. And someone emailed, they're like, oh, there's like a solution that was on Shark Tank. Like, that's super fun. Like, it's fun to see like everyday kind of problems and come up with a solution. And the beauty of the world is that we all see different types of problems. And my focus, like my passion ever since I was little was really always about healthcare and how you can be healthier. And I was fascinated as a child by genes and environment. Like, what do you mean you have genes and there's an environment that you can change. So let me figure out how I can optimize how I live so I can live the optimal healthy life. And it's just always fascinated me, but I have great appreciation for other people who, you know, care about, you know, you know, food inventions or, um, you know, technology inventions or, you know, new ways, again, the Kindle, like all these things that are just so interesting and other people bring that to light. So for anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, look around the world and see what are the problems that you are uniquely seeing. And then you figure out the solution for that. And it's just an incredible it's incredibly fun to to go on that journey. That was Anne Wojcicki, co-founder and CEO of 23andMe. For more business news, interviews and analysis, check out the Evening Standard newspaper or go to standard.co.uk forward slash business. New episodes of How to Be a CEO drop first thing every Monday morning. We'll see you next time. <laughs>